Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and uh, here with me uh, to celebrate yet another major milestone in the San Francisco 49ers season uh, is a fellow contributor at NinerNoise.com, Chris Wilson. Chris, how the heck are you? I'm good. The 49ers are <laughs> undefeated. The 49ers won on my birthday. For me, ah, for me. they, they knew, they knew. You didn't tell us. This feels like important information that you left out of the conversation. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was trying to look up some uh, some stats beforehand to see if, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, perhaps we were, you know, extra good on my birthday, and eh, I mean, pretty good. Not, after yeah. that game, significantly better. So maybe, maybe I'll have something to say so, the next time we play. October, very October good, 7th. very good. I'm doing very, very well. Niners a four zero. Atop the NFC for another week, so we will mm-hmm. once again um, hesitate to uh, you know to cause any CBA drama, and uh, we will uh, continue the season until uh, you know I, in, until I the Niners so. lose. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for those of you who are uninitiated, and if you are listening to this podcast and don't know what is happening with your team, um, shame on you, first of all. Uh, the uh, 49ers thumped the uh, Cleveland Browns on national television, Monday Night Football. Uh, everybody was coming into the game. They even started off the telecast with the, are the 49ers for real question? And I think that the answer is a resounding yes after this uh, 31-3 just dismantling of the Cleveland Browns. Um, the score actually not even as bad as it could have been. Uh, Robbie Gould missed three field goals for some reason. I don't know. Um, that was strange. And so they could have had at least nine more points, but also you could certainly make the argument that they probably should have converted at least one of those opportunities into a touchdown. So the 28 point victory was possibly uh, even like not even indicative of how far this game was apart uh, of how bad the Browns were on that night. Um, as you mentioned, the 49ers ran their record to a still NFC uh, leading four and zero. they are still the number one seed in uh, the NFC as of right now. Um, and first in the NFC West, uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, the defense was just phenomenal all night, especially Nick Bosa, who I'll also mention in more detail in a little bit. Uh, they were playing with their hair on fire all night, just, just up in, uh, Baker Mayfield's face. Uh, they forced four turnovers, including two Baker Mayfield interceptions, one of which arguably not his fault, but it happened nonetheless. Uh, Mayfield finished the night with an up and down eight of 22 for a hundred yards and a quarterback rating of, and I'm not making this up, 13.4. That's that's bad, right? 13.4, not good? Yeah, for, for a quarterback rating, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I, be, I, I can, can confirm that. It'd be great as a yards per attempt. Yeah, but I, as I think a, it's back as a quarterback. Like zero for one. 
and his quarterback rating was like three times that. So I believe Odell Beckham's quarterback rating was was uh, was significantly better than uh, than Baker Mayfield's on the night. Um, so it was a fun game. Uh, there was just a lot of 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 a lot to enjoy. Um, most of the action happened in the first half. Uh, it was what twenty one three at halftime. Uh, and you know, the Niners put up 10 more points in the second half, but it was kind of like, Hey, you know, by the time the first drive of the third quarter was over, was over, it pretty much felt like a foregone conclusion that the game was going to be won. It was just kind of a matter of by how much are they going to win? Um, so that was super interesting. Uh, there was another bit of, uh, fun that happened. This has happened since the game. Um, I don't know if you noticed Chris, but, um, Booger McFarland, uh, who is the color analyst on Monday night football, uh, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he is. He's a, a, a plenty, uh, nice fellow. Uh, but he, uh, he struggled, uh, during the telecast, uh, to really, uh, seem to understand what it was that was going on. Uh, two of my favorite things that he said, as I, one was that I alluded to earlier was he called, uh, Baker Mayfield's game an up and down game. And he said that Jimmy Garoppolo, who was, um, I don't know not eight of 22 for a hundred yards with a quarterback rating of 13.4 was a little bit off. And he called him inconsistent at one point, uh, during the, uh, during the telecast. Uh, my favorite part of all this is that, uh, former 49ers tight end, uh, Brent Jones, uh, took to, uh, KNBR, uh, the radio station out in the Bay area, uh, to basically, um, you know, rip, uh, Booger a new one. Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> he basically said that he was a uh, a very very average defensive lineman during his entire career. Um, he said that a defensive lineman is possibly the worst former player to know about anything that's happening on the football field. Um, and then he says this, uh, this is quote, you tell me about Jimmy Garoppolo and his mechanics and he's a bit off. While on the flip side, say Baker Mayfield. Oh, I like what Freddie Kitchens is doing. Oh, Baker Mayfield has some ups and downs tonight. Really? Show me an up. There was no up. <laughs> He got up. He got up after he was flat on his back. Brent Jones says. Um, so I thought that was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's some serious Brent Jones burn. I, I didn't. Really I, I know. Have, I had that. I didn't. Know. I just or did I? Him as a, uh, yeah, just a nice guy. Cat yeah, catches everything you throw to throw anywhere near him. But like a mild mannered fellow. Fire. I love yeah. That. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it was head scratching for sure. Uh, at the very least, but. Um, yeah, it's that narrative, uh, man. The the national media was uh, all about the Browns when the season started, and they're just not ready to let go of them. And so they're trying to to re um, reframe this. I even saw something on on the news on uh, ESPN something yesterday. Does who's was more to blame for the uh, Browns' loss? Was it Freddie Kitchens or Baker Mayfield? And my response, I posted in this in the uh, the Niner Noise Slack. I said or possibly something the 49ers defense did i don't know just a question um <laughs> so all of these things happening uh so the game was great i enjoyed it it was probably one of the more fun one of the most one of the most fun times i've had watching a football game in a while um so chris i have to ask you this question in light of the game you've been saying you've been sort of hedging a little bit um at times over the last couple of weeks with the the whole the niners are still a year away Chris, do you still think the Niners are a year away from competing? During the game yesterday, it sure didn't seem like they were <laughs> a year away. It seemed like they were right in the thick of it, especially if the Browns are, are half the team that, that the media claimed that they were going to be this year. I think it really comes down to how they perform on Sunday against the Rams because you know, this is a team that they have not been able to beat you know, in a meaningful game when right. the Rams were playing their actual starters for the last Correct. couple of years. And, you know, team that's, uh, you know, come back to the Super Bowl and, has, you know, won the division the last couple of years. So so it's a – it's going to be a, a tough matchup for them. And, you know, the, the fact that they're – that, the, you know, the Rams are coming off a, a tough loss and the 49ers coming off a you – know, two, two tough losses, pretty, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, two yeah, out of the last three or something absolutely. like that. Yeah, yeah. but especially you know, you know, a divisional, uh, a divisional loss that uh, put dropped down into a third place, where whereas the uh, you know Niners came off a uh, victory on a game that they probably shouldn't have won, but 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 did did win, and um, you know against a, a formidable opponent, and then and just annihilated the Browns with just an 
a very surprisingly astounding pass rush that I hope continues in the future. It's it's, it's going to be an interesting showdown between the two teams, and it's I, I think again, like I said last week, it's going to be a close one. I was, I was definitely wrong last week. This last game was <laughs> we, definitely not a close. We one. both were, but I didn't I didn't really know that I, I didn't get the memo that Bosa was going to was going to go go Bosa, <laughs> yeah, as as he did against uh, against Mayfield. The flag planting was uh, was a nice little. <laughs> nice, nice little uh, knock there. Although after the game, you said it was all good fun. So I, I don't know what their what their relationship is, but yeah, maybe there's a a little bit of future drama between the two players in the future, which is totally fine with me because Bosa yeah. seems up to the task. That's for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm totally with you. Um, I mean, this Rams game is going to tell us a lot about about who this team is. Uh, the next couple of games after that are either games they should 100% win or games that they should be favored in. Um, they have the Redskins the on the road, the Panthers at home, and the Cardinals on the road. Um, so they have four four uh, road games in the next three. Or three, ho- sorry, three road games in the next four, math. Um, and so this is going to be a pivotal part of the season and will have a pretty big impact on how well they do if they come out of this you know, three and one, then we're feeling pretty good about it. I think we're probably even still feeling pretty good about it if they come out of this with a two and two split. Um, prov- provided, of course, that the that the Redskins and Cardinals games are 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 the two wins. Uh, if it's some weird combination, like they beat the Rams and lose to the Cardinals and beat the I don't know. It's some there, there's there's weird ways this can come out, but yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on this. Um, I think they can be you know, in the conversation this year. And, but this next uh, week is going to be a lot, have a lot to do with it. Yeah. Like we always say, uh, any, any given Sunday and that, that definitely applies this, this coming Sunday, uh, against the Rams, but you know, it, it also uh, applies against the, uh, you know, skins who haven't played so well so far this year <laughs> and the Cardinals were sort of up and down as well as, as well as the Panthers who still trying to figure out who, who they want to be. Other yeah. than throwing it to McCaffrey or hand the ball off to him on every play, for sure. But uh, yeah, if you, you know, face a team like the the Forty Nineers who you know appear to have the the talent to stop him in the running game and hopefully have the, the players to to catch him in the uh, in the in the passing game, they're gonna be in in trouble if they're if they're forced to rely on on their their remaining players who who aren't named Christian McCaffrey. So correct. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I'm definitely feeling pretty good. I think a couple, couple weeks ago or last week, you know, I was predicting uh, you know, a six and two record going in to the uh, the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think six and two would be the worst record that they could achieve. Where I would still be yeah. okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything worse than that would be horrible. And then yeah. I'm expecting it in seven and one or or yeah, you know, in a best case scenario, obviously you know. I mean, that, that sure. would be that, that would definitely be something coming into the season. But I, I, apparently, all we really need to do is for Garoppolo just to be a little bit off, and then <laughs> and then I, I, you know it's it's an easy easy uh, eight no for the first yeah, half of the just uh, a little just a little off 20, 20, 20 and twenty eight just a little off though no big deal. All right, uh, so uh, let's we'll, we'll talk more about the Rams here just a little bit. Um, let's get into uh, the one up one down for this week, uh, looking at. Uh, one player that was up and one player that was down for each of us uh, for the Monday night football shellacking of the Cleveland Browns. That's just a fun word to say shellacking. Um, And so I will begin and I already alluded to my player. um, And actually my player who was the up for this week was the same as, as my MVP for the first three games. And that is Nick Bosa who somehow managed to make even better on a on the season that he's having, having so far. Um, So he finally got home in the game. He had two sacks. It should have been three that, Intentional grounding was not intentional grounding, but was in fact a sack at the end of the first half there. Um, and he was just up in Baker's grill all night long. Um, I mean, he wasn't the only one, but it was fueled mo- mostly by him. Um, some of the things that he has done this year um, are just just outside of, of, of the mind to understand. For this game in particular, he finished with a, a pro football focus grades of 92.3 overall, 91 in the pass rush, and a 78.9, you know, pedestrian <laughs> run defense. Um, he's just been complete 
a complete player across the defensive line. Um, uh, pretty much all all season long, and 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 Monday night was a was a just a microcosm of how well he's played. It's just the differences he has the sort of stats like the you know the the sacks and the and the fumble recovery and such to sort of back up quote unquote what he's been doing. Um, this is another interesting statistic that I found. So according to uh, Jeff Daney of of Pro Football Focus, who who tweets out mostly 49ers related PFF stuff, um, Bosa currently leads edge defenders in pass rush productivity rating, sixteen point one, of the next person being in thirteen point one. So he's you know three points better at uh, being productive with his pass rush. His pressure rate is 28%. The next highest is 23.4. So that's almost 5% um, more pressure in the, on the quarterback. And his win rate um, is at 26.9. Now, he didn't provide the, the next person beyond that. Um, but the win rate, if I'm not mistaken, has, has um, more to do with beating the man in front of him, whether or not it has anything to do, whether or not he gets the quarterback or any of that stuff. But, um, and uh, from my understanding, the 26.9 is pretty high. Because um, he's winning more than a quarter of the time, uh, which is exceptional. So, um, on behalf of all 49ers fans, I would like to thank the Arizona Cardinals for selecting their five foot seven inch quarterback and gift wrapping Nick Bosa for us. Thank you very much. The end. I heard that there's this other um, like interior lineman that we could have taken it to. <laughs> maybe, maybe a guy that we could have. Yeah. Stuck in the middle, maybe you move Buckner mean a guy, to the outside, then we can You mean a guy run. that's not playing for the New York Jets right now? Yeah. That guy? Yeah. Glad, yeah. Good thing we went with Bosa. Yeah. Good good decision. Good job, John Lynch. <laughs> well, we officially prove here on the Niner Noise podcast as, as well as the Yeah, Niner please Noise let John Lynch know, everyone, just in case. Oh, man, he's listening, so he knows now. So there we go. Um, yeah, so any thoughts on that, Chris, or do you want to? Move on to your up for the day. My thoughts are Nick Bosa is very good at football, especially when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And on the field, he is quite disruptive, which is, yeah, groundbreaking news. I'm, I'm the first person to, to, to think of this. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> advanced, advanced thought. I mean, yeah, he, he, was, he was just so so dominant, and it was, it's so nice to – Especially for for Sala, just because he he only wants to rush his four guys. If he can if he can just rush his four guys, he can be a good defensive coordinator. Right. If you if he has to blitz on a consistent basis, then you know it can be a little bit problematic, as we've learned over yeah. the last couple of years. But if you can rush four, he he can he can produce a uh, a good overall defense, and he's produced a very very good. Overall yeah, defense. I'd say and, so. And that, yeah, that's what the, you know, with Bosa being hurt, you know, and somewhat and not substantially getting... for uh, most of the season, and, and then you know, D Ford playing at like half speed. So yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, we're just very, I'm just very, very happy that that we we did the right thing, and that we yeah. that we grabbed him, and that Arizona was kind enough to to give wrapped him to us. So yeah, Thanks. So I, I totally agree on that on, on all of your points. Thanks, Cardinals. All right, Chris, um, tell us about your up for the Monday Night Football game. I would have obviously liked to take Bosa, but you chose first, so so I don't I don't get to take him. Hey, yes, it happens. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, 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 their their entire defense was just I mean, it was, it was amazing. They played as well as you could really expect them to play. Mayfield really had um, no time to put the ball downfield toward two top end receivers and you know, I think each of them got something like six targets each. And, I mean, that's just basically what, what we and one of, one of Landry's was from Beckham, by the way, one of Jarvis Landry's was from yeah. Beckham. Yeah, so. yeah. I guess it, when the other team is, it has to be that inventive to, uh, to uh, you know, get, get the ball out, out of the quarterback slash wide receivers hands in you know, downfield then you know you're doing something pretty good on, on defense. So so I, I won't give it to the entire defense. I, I think I need, need to give it to some offensive players, so I'm going to give it to, to two different players. And All those right. two are, first, Matt Breida, for starting the game off the way that he did, which was just, uh, I think, an optimal way to, to start the game with a was that 83-yard so. touchdown run. <laughs> And uh, I think it was, somebody was saying that, that uh, Shanahan on the sidelines said, oh, here's Touchdown, like, you know, right, right, right before. No, that was the, on. Uh, what it was called? It was on the Kittle. That was on the Kittle throw. 
on the Kittle's oh, touchdown. Really? I had heard that he just, said something just daily, on just the, daily uh, on the breeding. Cause you know, to me, it seemed like as, as soon as I saw, uh, you know, choose, uh, uh, change directions and go to the left side and then Kittle had already gotten to the second level and there's only a safety beat. I'm like, see ya. I mean, he's gone. I mean, you just yeah. know you're catching this No, guy. I think, I think the story was, I think the story was before the ball left Garoppolo's hand on Kittle's touchdown. Joe Staley said that Shanahan said mm-hmm. that's a touchdown. Like, bef- like he just saw where Kittle was going and like, Oh, there we go. <laughs> so either the, way, uh, yeah, yeah, a, too, a too deep look in the, you know, that short of amount of field in the middle linebacker just pays no attention to the, the tight end. Who's you know probably the, the best tight end in football streaking down the field by himself and just gets no contact on him. It's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty, pretty safe assumption that, that he's going to find his way into the end zone. So, you know, I guess the Niners have, they have a lot of plays where you see, the, you see the play right before it hits, and you're like, "Ooh, this is going to be good." And and uh, the Niners had a handful of those, and and the first one came on the first play of the game, and, and it was just uh, you know just a really electrify the crowd. You could really tell it. Yes, yeah, d- definitely a game I should have been been attending, and I'm <laughs> angry that I did not. But you know, maybe 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 next birthday we'll, we'll, we'll start making that a thing. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> Another question I. One thing I just totally did not understand it is is why the Browns wanted the ball to start the the first half because they 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 did win the toss did they not? Yeah, they deferred. Um, that didn't seem. I mean, you know, it would have been a a decent move if they had, if they had not gone three and out on their first drive or whatever, uh, and then immediately gave up a long touchdown. So you know, in hindsight, it looks probably worse, like a worse decision than it than it was. Um, especially because they scored on both the opening, the 49ers scored on both their opening play and then on the opening drive, which, by the way, they've done for all four games uh, of the second half uh, this season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's an unusual decision, uh, but it looks, I think it looks worse in, in light of what actually happened. As far as the um, home field advantage perspective, the 49ers are sort of, especially the first couple of years at Levi's Stadium, are sort of notorious in the second half for having a lot of their uh, their fans in the uh, all-you-can-drink area as opposed to out on the field for the kickoff. So, <laughs> Is that a real thing? Yeah, that, that, that was a thing for a while. That sounds cool. Uh, not, not quite as much yesterday. Uh, I mean, it, it really behooves teams to to be able to take the field in the second half, as opposed to the first half, when the crowd isn't going crazy, as opposed to on a Monday night football game where everyone's pumped up, and uh, you know the, the Niners are looking to extend their uh, their unbeaten streak. It's like I mean, the last thing you want is to have the ball then. Like, I mean, what you want yeah. is to get the ball to the other team and, and hope that the the Four Niners fans will be, be cheering while Garoppolo is trying to trying to call plays in, you know, either in the, in the huddle or, or up, up at the line. So it's, it's just one of, one of his many surprising decisions <laughs> that, that he's made over, over the first five games of the, uh, of the season. Yeah. So it's one thing I just don't understand. And, and maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't uh, disclose this, not, this uh, deep, dark not, secret to uh, opposing nah. teams, but, nah. but apparently they don't, I'm not gonna I, tell I assume them. they know and they just don't care. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Brita was your one, and then who was your your second? You said you had two up players. You got a little, we got a little sidetrack there. Obviously, you know, Brita with his, he scored, you know, the second touchdown on that. I think I think Booger called it a choice route. It could have been a choice, but the Texas route, you know, right over the middle, yeah. middle where uh, Debo did a great job of just clearing out the middle of the field, and and Brita did everything else he needed to do to to catch the ball. And yeah, it was and, a nice catch. Yeah, and, 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 Put the Niners up fourteen uh, nothing, and it was all downhill for the for the Browns, uh, you know, going forward from there. So, yeah, so it was it was a nice little Brita starting the game off with a with a quick fourteen, and then and my man George Kittle sort of finishing the game off with you know, a, a lot a lot of fun fun plays in the in the latter portion of the game where where I, I think I, I tweeted that it, it it seemed like they were intentionally throwing him the ball. Like three or four yards short of the line to gain on third down, like tri- <laughs> like triple covered, just so you could run everybody over for a first down. <laughs> I think Garoppolo even like alluded to it after the game. Uh, obviously, it wasn't intentional, but he's like, "Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm throwing it to Kittle and short of the sticks, and he's just gonna make it happen." So that was something else. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, 
the, the man is an animal. That's that's for sure. And he's that is uh, for sure. And just another guy that I'm very very happy is a member of the of the 49ers and, and not of one of our our competitors. So that, lock that, that would man. be bad. Lock that man up, please. Do it now. Possible. Yeah, do it. I don't think you can do it now, but do it soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so you can't do it now. Yeah, yeah do, 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 do it after the season. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Give that man his money. Yep, absolutely. So, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so those, those, uh, those two were, were my my players of the game that weren't n- named Nick Bosa. And then, then um, we were talking before. I think that even with Kittle's you know great game, scoring his first uh, first touchdown of the season, his uh, his PFF rating somehow went from like ninety two point seven to ninety two point five. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out what was going on there. Um... He had an 82.3 overall offensive rating. Um, so I'm not really sure what was going on with there. Somehow he got a 62.8 on the on his run, which I found strange. Because um, <laughs> he had one carry, uh, and it was you know 15 yards and a, got a first down. So I'm not really sure what was the problem with that. Um, but anywho, uh, who knows what's going on. So, But yeah, he's still the highest grade graded player in the uh, in the NFL um, yeah. according to PFF. So that's that's working out for him. He's a guy who only only has was was he have 23 receptions something like that on the, on the Yeah, season. it's a small so, number. He hasn't really done a whole lot yet. Yeah, and, and relatively and, speaking. And, and his his you know yards per reception are you know or is um no, nowhere near where it was last year. So well, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming if you um extrapolate his, his stats out over the entire season he wouldn't even have a thousand yards, and he had his first t- touchdown yesterday. Yet, you know, PFF thinks that he's the best player in the NFL. So it just shows how good of a blocker he is, how he's progressed in in that area, and and how he's just a force on on the field and, and a player that opposing defenses are you know, always game planning for. And he might not always see the ball, but at least PFF is is, is uh, observing the fact that that defenses are, are keying on him and, and opening up the rest of the of the Forty ers offense, which is has really taken off over uh, the past couple weeks. So yeah, so th- those, for th- sure. those are my two my two ups. Cool. Um, and most of that has come uh, of the openings that that Kittle has made have been for the running ga- the rushing game, which is are they up at two hundred yards a game average, something in that neighborhood. It's stupid. Um, but the one thing that's not really happening, and this is the set my segue into my down for the game, um, is sort of the just lack of wide receivers sort of stepping up. Um, and so my down is specifically on two players. Um, you know, Marcus Goodwin had a pretty good game. He got robbed of a of a late of a catch at one point in the game uh, that took away our second timeout early in the first half. Um, and Kendrick Bourne actually played pretty well. He had a couple of good catches, um, as he is wont to do. Uh, but my down for the for the game is going to be a combination of Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel, who just didn't. I don't know what's going on with either of them. They both dropped a ball that they definitely should have catched, caught, catched. Um, they both should have caught. Um, I put less uh, blame on Debo's. Debo's was a pretty good defensive play that got punched out of his hand um, in in that particular that particular case. Uh, but Dante's was a real bad drop that he should have been running in for a touchdown and not uh, not dropping and sort of staring off into space, wondering why it is that he dropped the ball. Um you know, the the problem with, with this offense is that Shanahan has shown that he's not really that interested in force-feeding players if they're not going to get the job done, um, that he will find a room for you in his uh, not-going-to-catch-the-ball doghouse if that is the option that you choose. Um, and I think it behooves both of them, uh, both Pettis and Samuel, to take advantage of the opportunities when they get them because the fact of the matter is Shanahan will, will say, okay, you're not going to catch the ball. All right, fine. Marquise Goodwin, you go out there and get the ball. Kendrick Bourne, you go out there and get the ball. You know, uh, Jordan Matthews is back, so if he sees the field, you know, if he's going to catch the ball, then uh, these other two players are going to find themselves uh, deep on the bench if they don't watch it. So um, I'm more concerned about Pettis than I am for Samuel because this is starting to turn into a pattern uh, for Dante. I really don't want it to turn into a pattern, and I don't want anybody to hear that I'm like anti-Dante Pettis. I really hope that he is able to figure this out at some point. Uh, but he uh, he's going to need to. Otherwise, he's going to find himself in real trouble here pretty soon. He saw a fair amount of snaps. I believe that he, he led the team in wide receiver snaps. So he was on the, on the field for a 
substantial part of the game, but he just he caught the one pass that, that he, he almost dropped, <laughs> and then he dropped the one pass that he should have caught. It's 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 just odd. I, 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 I'm not sure what's going on with him. I mean, something's obviously going on with him because he. I mean, he, he had a um, a pretty decent connection with with you know all, all of the uh, the 49ers quarterbacks last year, uh, and then and this year he just he just doesn't look anything like he did la- last year, and it's you know, I'm I'm not really sure what to make of it. Maybe I just need to sit down and look at his tape. And is, is he just not getting open? I mean, obviously, if throwing him in the ball on third down and him dropping easy catches isn't really good for uh, the confidence of your quarterback, so I mean, that could have something <laughs> no, not to do with all. it as well. And then, I guess, earlier in the season, uh, Garoppolo did you know, throw him another pass that he, that he knocked up for a uh, for interception, which he did last year as well. So, so maybe Garoppolo is just in, in that mindset where I'm not going to throw to this guy unless he's just wide open. And, and, right. But, and then but, in, but Pettis can get wide open. I mean, he, he, I don't know if you're just watching that um, all 22 of the uh, the first run by, by uh, Brita and, and – Pettis, he's not the fastest guy uh, on the team, but, but I mean, he's he's running down the field trying to find someone to block, and he's he's always playing hard like that. So, and, yeah. and, and he was he was moving, and I'm like, I didn't really know that you could. He had those type of not necessarily like Matt Breida afterburners, but I mean, he was moving down the <laughs> field like just looking for someone to block, and I mean, he's trying. So, so, so it's not like he's you know, he's not like he's drama or anything like that. At least the, no, at least no, that no, I no, know no. of or I've heard of. But yeah, I mean, he's just got to step it up. And yeah, there's really nothing else. I mean, we, we need we need more dog. We need less cat. <laughs> yeah, he's to, it's it doesn't seem like an attitude problem or anything like that. It's just it's it's weird. Like that the catch that he did have was was a tough one, and probably I don't. It's hard to tell. It seemed in the on the broadcast uh, that it, he made it harder than it probably was, um, or that it needed to be. Um, they didn't quite kept it as cleanly as, as possible. I'm not really sure if the, the throw was exactly where he wanted it to be, but it, it certainly was was a was a ball that he needed to catch and he did catch. But the one on the on the on the the late uh in the third quarter where he just dropped it, I mean he was gone. There there was nobody behind him. He, he would have just caught the ball and just run into the end zone touchdown, no problem. And then we're probably not having this conversation because he's, you know, two catches that are substantial. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. Hopefully he'll be he'll be okay. So, uh, Chris, uh, let's uh, finish up the conversation about the Browns game uh, by moving on to your down for the game. One of the things I think Sima had one either run or a uh, or a pass that was called back, didn't he? I think I think he had another decent play that I was like, oh man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah there was yeah, one so, play. So, I mean, he's at least you know getting in the game, and and, and when he is, he's. He's trying to run every, any of everybody over, so I, I'm not so worried about him. He's a, I mean, yeah, he's a yeah. rookie, you know, sort of a, to be expected. I think he'll turn it on more in the second half, but you know, Pess is the guy that I'm quite concerned about, and mm-hmm. will hopefully pick it up rather soon. For sure. As for my uh, my down, I think I'll also go for, go for two because I like cheating, and um, <laughs> obviously the the worst part. Because we just cannot have good things. Is nope. Ju- Juice's injury, which is a uh, now looking like a four to six week injury, yeah. and that for me is not necessarily staley level <laughs> difficulty for the offense. But I mean, they're going to have a game plan a lot, a lot mm-hmm. differently without Juice in the backfield, and you know, if they're expecting you know, one of their tight ends to 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 line up back there and beat you, it's just not going to happen. So no, no, not at all. They're, they're really going to have to go with 12, 13 sets instead of 21 sets or, or bring in someone from the, you know, from the, now they do have a fullback on the practice squad, uh, bring in someone from the outside. I mean, that's, that's, that's the one good thing about fullbacks is like, there's so many college fullbacks, but there are no <laughs> NFL fullbacks. So there that's are lots true. of guys on the, on the, you know, on their couches to be like, I'll, I'll play for you. I'll play for you. The undefeated 49ers. Yeah. So, Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they're making some calls as we speak. But yeah, so, so, so Ju- Juice is, which is, is odd that Shanahan said that he, he was he would have kept him in the game. If, yeah, that if, was really strange. I'm like, I'm glad he didn't because the, yeah, yeah, like, guy, guy was injured for you know, over a month you know, shouldn't be sent back into a game. One would think not, unless you're like you know Ronnie Lott, lotting it and chopping your <laughs> finger off. You know, but gross. Uh, we're so so far so far from the from those days, unfortunately. 
his injury was, was, was tough. Um, you know, hopefully he can rebound fairly quickly because, you know, was he overpriced? Yes. Is he a really good football player that's an integral part of the 49ers offense? Yes. yes. Is the 49ers offense playing really well with him in there? Yes. Is their running game like out of control right now? And I think that they are averaging 200 yards a game. Yes. So, that's... you know, pay him what you want, complain about it or don't complain about it, but they need him on the field. And without him on the field, they're going to have to change their offensive game plan. And, you know, l- luckily for the 49ers, they do have a coach who's capable of doing that. And hopefully he will, he will yeah, not he's pretty good. Th- throw, throw 83 into the backfield and expect him to, do, to, to be Juice 2.0. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I think we might see some um, some, some of his old Atlanta uh, double halfback in the backfield plays. He should he should definitely, especially going up against the Rams. I think I think he'll be. He, he's been looking forward to this game, I'm sure, and uh, he should have some uh, some tricks in his in his pocket. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to what he'll do, but I'm not looking forward to all of the you know the nice blocks that I know that Juice would would put, would put down that that we will be lacking over the next four to six weeks. So, hopefully, he is is uh, you know getting getting healthy as quickly as possible. Indeed. Um, you said you had two, so what was your second one? Yeah, I guess there's nothing else to say about that, right? He's, he's injured, it sucks. Hopefully he comes uh, back soon. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else. I feel like you covered it. Um, it, it, it does. Um, I, I, I guess my response would be I fully expect it to be the, the, they'll go with four halfbacks on the, on the game day roster, um, for the moving forward. Cause he's not going to be out long enough for them to do anything about it roster move wise. Um, and I just don't, I mean, you're not, it's not the same situation as the running back situation where you can just pull somebody off the streets and just kind of teach them to do what, what, what Juszczyk does. Cause it's not the same thing. Um, so I don't think they're going to go do that. I think it'll be interesting. I think they'll bring Jeff Wilson back. Um, <laughs> mostly because frankly, they don't have any healthy scratches anymore at this point. It's pretty much like whatever wide receiver he doesn't want to play, C.J. Beathard and Julian Taylor; those are literally the 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 three players that they have available on the fifty three man roster who can be scratched for healthy reasons. Uh, so there we go. Get get well soon, Juice. Definitely, yeah, a little bit limited there, and and I think we'll get a good good taste uh, on Sunday as to what the, what the plan is going forward, and and you know, hopefully when we play teams like Washington, it won't won't matter as much. Right. 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 And the uh, the second down, which, which there really were only two two major negative parts of the scheme that you know, that I observed watching the first couple couple times, but was the the three missed field goals was just just sort of crazy. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know they they missed three field goals yesterday? Yeah, I know. Well, and the weird <laughs> thing was, did you realize that that was the the first time that he'd done it since that same day, that same date, like the year before or something like that. Like the last time he had missed it was also on October 7th. Really? I don't know if it was last year. Yeah. They mentioned something about that on the, on the broadcast. It wasn't, I don't know if it was last year, but the, it was on an October 7th. The last time he missed three field goals. It was like, so he's allergic to my birthday. Is he apparently saying. is. You need to talk to Robbie Gould about this and figure out what's going on. Cause that's just messed up. Yeah. I, I don't know if he'll be around for my next birthday. But... <laughs> well, he signed up. I can't imagine that. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the last time we played. On October seventh, it's been a, it's been a few years. We were, yeah, so it probably wasn't we, last we were, year. We were def- definitely had a, a different quarter, quarterback. I think it might have been in Bethard. And I, I don't remember him ever missing three field goals while playing for the Forty Nine ers. So yeah, maybe. maybe so maybe it was a couple of years thing. ago. Yeah, so, probably. Uh, so are we supposed to like hate him now and then no, and then, like, no, no, release no. him and then beg for him to come back and then cause <laughs> we a just trauma? we just spent played we just spent the entire offseason like please come back we love you please come back. And then we can't. Yeah, we're not cutting it. It's fine. How about we just get a new like long snapper? Yeah, that might be snap the, the ball. Well, to, to our to our glorious punter. He's already the third long snapper this year. Is that correct? That we've had. Is it just three? Yeah, yeah I just guess three. Um, well, you know, one of them. I do like a team where like our special teamers are making big hits and like getting caught with PEDs, you know, like I like that kind of like hardcore special teams. So, <laughs> Not so, when it's so. your long snapper. 
Yeah, right. Uh, two more, ga- two more games for Kyle Nelson. By the way, uh, he's he'll be back from his PED suspension. Two more games. Two more. So he'll. It was originally. Um, yeah, it was ten games. He ten... served four of them last season, and he had six. That's right. Left. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. Good, good call, so, good, good call so two more games. So he's got this game and then the the Redskins game. So he'll be back for the for the Panthers game. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure what, what the Niners Theoretically. are going to do because I mean you know you can always find a long snapper. As well, apparently sh- not. Shown. I mean, not, not necessarily a good one, but <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, um, my, my man Mitch and I was wearing his jersey yesterday. I was nice. He he could have helped out. It you know if it, I believe it. Andy Lee probably would have gotten that second one. For down. sure, yeah. He he showed his lack of um, uh, opportunity in doing that. Like he just hasn't done very much holding in his in his life. Yeah. So that just showed. Um, I don't think the first snap, and then the third one got blocked, and I don't know who we put that on. I think that's um, Armstead. I believe that's what Booger McFarland tried to say that it was Eric oh, Armstead's well, fault. Well, 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 then it's not. It must be Gropp- <laughs> Grapple's fault. Yeah, probably Garoppolo's fault. Um, yeah, I think he, he was to, a bit off. I think the the real thing, the thing that they need to get is just consistency. It's just they played four games and they've had three long. They've had three snapping combinations in those four games. That's just that's not okay. Like just get it sorted out and get it and be done with it and then move on. I think that's really the thing. And then it'll get sorted out. I don't, you know, the block is is fine. That's on somebody else. The two misses are probably on. The combination of Wisnowski and uh, Garrison Sanborn are long snapper for now. Um, <laughs> so we'll, they, they just need to get it. So hopefully Kyle Nelson will come back and sort of solidify everything, and it will be okay. Very good job looking up his name, which I also did. Nice. Because <laughs> I had no idea who he was. <laughs> no idea. I've never seen him before. Who was wrong with the last guy? I don't know. <laughs> he retired. Also That's what happened to the last one. I don't even know. He retired because they they got rid of Holba, who was who was there yeah. at the beginning, and then they released him, and then the guy that they brought in retired. That was what happened. My blind spot is obviously yeah the long no. snapper because it's I, fine. I, I, I think you're probably names. with everybody else. Yeah. That's that's all I got. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's let's move on to 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 other things. Um, let's uh, take a quick. You do not want to talk long snappers. I don't want to talk long snappers anymore. Um, let's move could on. To, we, could we even do it? I don't it's think cha- so. It's a challenge. No. Don't want to, I don't even want to. I don't want to. I couldn't. Let's just say that. Fans um, listening right now. I'm like, okay, cancel these guys. Cancel these guys. <laughs> um, so moving on uh, to our next game, which is in uh, just a few days because we had the short week after the bye. You know, that's how this works. Uh, Monday night, we had, you know, basically 15 days between games and then and now we have and then we have six so go figure uh so we travel down uh to los angeles to the coliseum down there in la to take on the rams uh who we already uh, talked about a little bit they're scuffling a bit they're three and two um not quite as uh it's uh maybe as mighty as they have been over the course of the last couple of years so with that in mind chris um i ask you one question um is this game as scary to you as it seemed two months ago when the schedule came out? Absolutely not. I think it's very scary for the Rams. <laughs> right. I should say from the 49ers' perspective, is this as scary as it seemed <laughs> two months ago? I'm, I'm not scared. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I'm, I, I don't think this is going to be a very easy game to win when the uh, initial schedule came out. I, you know, I, I definitely penciled this game in as a... Uh, Probable loss for the uh, for the Forty ers but now it's looking a little bit more even as these teams are. Uh, well, I don't know if you can even say they're evening out, but but the uh, Rams are appearing to be going in a different direction than than the undefeated Forty ers I saw that the lines down from three and a half to to three points, which is which is good, and uh, I think it started off at five, and, and some nice sixty four percent reverse line movement. So. Line going in the 49ers direction, despite the uh, the vast number of uh, of bets coming in on the uh, the Rams side, meaning that the uh, quote unquote sharps the that the big money players are putting their money on on the 49ers, which is you know usually generally a a good thing for the uh, for the team is getting that that line movement. So I'm I'm definitely liking that aspect of it. I'm not scared, but I am concerned about the 49ers secondary and whether they're going to be able to 
play quite as well as they did <laughs> against the Browns, where they really weren't tested, you know, at, at all. So I think we, we might need another, another game where uh, you know Bosa's sacking, you know, you know, golf as opposed to Mayfield and planting flags on on every other play. Yeah, that'd be the, good. Uh, you know, for, for the secondary to to be able to to fly around the field and make plays the way that they did they did it on Monday. So, but yeah, what, what about you? How do you feel today compared to when you first saw you know, the schedule come out uh, you know, a few months ago? Yeah, well, I've been pretty consistent about the fact that I thought this was going to be one of the games that the Niners are going to lose pretty early on. Um, in both versions of the sort of schedule, uh, sort of win-loss projection that I saw, um, that I that I did one early in April and then one a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had them losing this game. I am less concerned about it now than I was uh, at the beginning of the year, and even a little bit less concerned about it than I was just a couple of weeks ago when I was re when I was looking at that again. Um, so here's some stats that sort of pull this out and the reasons why. So the Rams' um, offensive line has been struggling uh, this year. Uh, their overall grades for pass blocking and run blocking from PFF so far this year are 52.6 in the pass block, 46.3 in the run block. For those of you uninitiated, that is not good. Um, the 49ers' defensive line, on the other hand, has uh, so far posted grades of 72 against the run and 78.4 in the pass rush. So this seems like strength on weakness if if you will um so that's that's uh that's a good thing um we've seen that that has uh that that is uh something that we are um are able to do that the Niners were able to do they did that this this past week against the the Browns and so they need to take advantage of that as much as possible um a couple of other things to look at is uh for those of you who are not PFF people DVOA from Football Outsiders has this to say about the Rams they are the 12th uh best offense in the league so far this year according to DVOA at just 4.3 percent um and their defense is 17th in the league at 1.9 percent now that 1.9 percent you're like oh well that doesn't seem so bad well, negative numbers are the numbers that you're searching for on the defense, right? Uh, so a positive number on defense is generally a bad thing, even though it's you know it's not a high positive number, uh, but there that is. Uh, the 49ers, by comparison, are fourth in offensive DVOA at 15%, so not a not a large gap between uh, the Rams and the Niners, but you know it's large enough. And they're second in defensive DVOA with ready for this negative 45.3%. So again, negative numbers are good in this case. Uh, only the Patriots have a better defense according to DVOA. Um, so the fact of the matter is, the 49ers so far this year have been more efficient. Um, they are the highest overall DVOA in football at 58.1%, um, and they've played better than the Rams have this year. Um, the Rams have struggled, so the Niners are 4-0, and the Rams are 3-2, and uh, that's not a particularly... Uh, so that's kind of how that how they stand up. Now, um, I do want to mention we just had uh, this is a, a breaking news moment. This is a first for the podcast. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but this is uh, this is uh, not so good. Um, starting right tackle Mike McGlinchey apparently getting his knee scoped uh, and is expected to be out for four to six weeks as well. Uh, that according to David Lombardi on um, on Twitter. Um, and thanks to a couple of our uh, fellow compatriots over at Niner Noise for pointing that out. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all those numbers that I just said about the offensive line, eh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, so far they've been able to manage, but uh, that'll be an interesting thing to add to uh, the uh, this game. Um, man, we just, just can't get to break, can we? And the, the whole uh, next man up, I mean, it, it, that does have an end at some point. <laughs> Yes, eventually we're going to run out of people, uh, in a literal, in a very literal sense. So um, I don't know that that changes things a little bit, but I'm still, until proven otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and, and trust that uh, that Shanahan can can figure something out, man. I don't know. We'll see. McGlinchey missed uh, at least a handful of snaps at the, at the end of the game, and um, yeah, Shanahan also said that he would have put him back in the game if you know if the game were closer and. I guess another guy that yeah, I'm glad, glad he didn't, because <laughs> uh, you know, let's take our injured players and just not make them any more injured than they uh, than they already are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, how is this really going to you know, affect their 
I mean, that's the problem. Is like it affects the run, the run game and the, and, and the pass game. Now, the the Browns right. are really trying to to um, to attack McGlinchey, which is sort of surprising to me. And, and actually, a, a lot of defenses have been have been sort of attacking that side, even with Staley gone on the other side. Which is, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the strategy there is. Even even though I mean, they, they have unusual. found some success, but but it wasn't a, a you know a resounding success this this, this past week. I, yeah. I guess it's better that you have an outside player who you know you know a tackle as opposed to an interior player who has to go go up against one of the well, league's best. But uh, with yeah, with the Rams, I'm sure that's yeah. the case for sure. But I don't know. I mean, it, you, just, you you never you never want to lose anyone on the offensive line, and you never want to lose a uh, you know up and coming player. You know, definitely see has um, you know highest high and you know eventual NFL aspirations and you know still still learning parts of the game and you know, m- making mistakes from mm-hmm. time to time, but then also you know is a significant force in time, in a significant amount of the time as well. So that's a unfortunate piece of news that I did not know. So yeah, that's, that's our, our first. Thanks for ruining the podcast. No problem. That's our first breaking news of the of the podcast. Uh, apparently, uh, Chris Biederman has also put out that Daniel Brunskill is uh, the next man up. Speaking of which, so yeah. Oh boy, I, I think he, he he was the one who. Um, yeah, he did come in on uh, Monday night when because uh, I noticed that he was out there. He, he didn't. He didn't do anything wrong, did he? No, I not mean, that I noticed. Significantly wrong. No, but I mean, it was late in the game, so the the the. The fire the, uh, was gone. Yeah, at that point, I mean, <laughs> the flag yeah. was planted. The flag was planted. All right, so um, let I, I don't know if this changes anything, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, so let's move on to predictions, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap things up for uh, for this uh, this game. Uh, I. I guess I'll start. So before all this started, and we had lost yet another offensive lineman and another player on our on our offensive on the offensive side of the football, um, I was uh, I was feeling bullish, and I was gonna go ahead and and move away from the original prediction that I had made uh, for this game for it to be a 49ers loss uh, to call it a win. Um, I still think that's a possibility. I still I still do. Um, I think. The way the Niners are going to win this game, however, contrary to what we thought last week when we said that this was going to be a close game, is I really truly think they have to keep the score down um, this for this game um, because if if they're going to figure out a way... I, I feel like it's going to be closer, and I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than we've seen so far this year. Um, I don't know that they're going to get up into the 30s plus uh, for this game, um, but at this point, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna still call a, call it a victory. I'm gonna say it's gonna be something like twenty to thirteen, maybe twenty fourteen, maybe twenty to seventeen, something in that range. Um, but I think the winner is gonna be uh, low. It's gonna be low scoring. I don't think this is gonna be like that Buccaneers Rams game that they played a couple of weeks ago. I think this is gonna be a close one. Um, I, again, I gotta think. I gotta keep pulling. I think I, I gotta keep calling the the wins um, until the 49ers prove otherwise. So, Chris, what do you think? My brain's telling me that I should uh, pick the Rams here, but, <laughs> but I, I don't think that I can. The, the, the fanboyism in me is, and the uh, superstition in me <laughs> probably won't, you know, won't allow it. I have to sit down and, and, and watch the the Rams for the last couple of weeks again, just to see you know, you know, what their issues are. I mean, I know that golf has not been playing you know, the way that, that he did last last year, and but you know, but they have guys like. Cooper Cup is something like five or five receiving yards. So, hmm. so that they, that's good. They do have, you know, I mean, they do have. I mean, the receivers are, yeah, and, and I think Goff is like two hundred, I think two hundred twenty-two attempts. So he's like leading, yeah, he's throwing the ball in, a lot in passing attempts when they have Gurley on on the team. So stopping Gurley is going to be number one. I think it's going to be a little bit easier than it's been in past seasons. Absolutely. Again, knocking on my head, knocking on wood. <laughs> You know, just just with his uh, his injury issues, yeah. But, but I, I agree with you that they need to keep this game. They need to keep the score down, and, and they they need to keep it close. I, I don't know what kind of effect that the that you know the fans are going to have compared to the. I mean, the, I, was, I was proud of the, the Levi's uh, Stadium yeah. uh, f- fans uh, on on uh, Monday night. They they really came to uh, cheer on the team, and it's definitely. Uh, producing more of a, a candlestick type of uh, type of vibe for so, sure you know, if you, you know, if you give us good uh, 
good players, then the the fans will come out. So I'm not <laughs> sure that makes us a bandwagon team or not. But yeah, I, I definitely like the uh, the home field advantage that we were finally getting after you know, the Niners really didn't even have a home field advantage over the first couple of years. Back to this game, I, yeah, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a uh, redemption game for our, our long snapper and kicker. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go with a 24 to 23 victory for the 49ers with the last second field goal uh, putting the Niners over the top. Sounds good. I like it. And all of us sweating a lot. Yes. As, as the ball snaps. A great deal of sweating, for sure. All right. Well, there we go. Hopefully we'll be uh, talking about the, the 5-0 and um, and how, I mean, imagine if we can, if we can get at this point, my, my big thing is if we can get out of this, this next run of games, this next month at like seven and one, you know, even six and two at this point, imagine with all the players that we have coming back in the month, how good this team is going to be, uh, going into the, the final stretch. So, I mean, I guess the bright side is, is that if there's got to be injuries, now's the time to get him out of the way. I don't know. That sounds horrible, but you know, you know what I mean? Like let's, you know, let's get everybody healthy for the, for the home stretch, which is where the, the tougher part of the season is. And, you know, if we can go into that six and two, seven and one, dare I say eight and no, uh, then we're going to be in really good shape moving forward with everybody coming back and we'll be healthy and ready to make that run for the playoffs. Uh, you can dare say it. I, no, I did. Uh, I did. I, I like the sound of that. I did. I did. Um, I, I, I definitely, definitely agree with you that you know, if we can you know, win some games with our, you know, I guess, what, our third string and fourth string tackles. Correct. And then yep. our first and second string tackles come back. It, that just really bodes well for the team mm-hmm. in the uh, second half of the season where the schedule gets a little more difficult. But then, you know, obviously things change and other teams have injuries and, yeah. You know how it goes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so still pushing for eight. No, I'm, you know, looking one game at a time. Absolutely. Although it's 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 very easy to to look to uh, the following week against uh, my home uh, Washington Redskins. <laughs> looking forward to that one for sure. Right now, eyes on the prize against the Rams, and uh, you know, foreigners need to uh, you know, bring their bring their A game against uh, another uh, y- young, uh, smart, offensive-minded uh, coach. That the Rams have, so yeah, it should, should be should be another another good showdown uh, between the two. And I think this year we actually have the uh, you know, the, the talent to back up some of Shanahan's uh, play calling. So I'm def- definitely looking forward to it. And and then you know let's have let's have Gold save the day, or let's have the, or, or the long snapper save the day in in, in some fashion. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Maybe they'll run the uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico play and let the the gold. Is that a yeah, reference to understand? Yeah, I can sort of get the g- gist of it, yeah. Little Giants. <laughs> See that movie? <laughs> Cold Hill. All right, cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> and with that, um, so uh, thanks for listening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to the Niner Noise podcast. Uh, we're part of the fan-sided podcast network. Uh, if you would, please check us out on your uh, favorite podcasting platform and uh, leave us a nice review and say nice things about us. And if you wouldn't mind also sharing us, uh, with your 49er friend friends, we would uh, very much appreciate that. Um, it helps us get out there and get known. So uh, let's uh, let's go cheer on the team, and we will see you next week, Niner fans. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.